0: Hello everyone, we've made it to the original trilogy. Today we will be discussing Star Wars, A New Hope. You've got me, Red 8, standing by.
1: You've got me, Greedo,
2: I shot first, Ellie. (laughs) (coughs) And you have me, Zack Weber, Zack Starkiller. Good one, I'm
0: sorry, I'm busting a blood vessel from Ellie
1: oh that's what i love to do
0: all right cool let's jump right in <laughs> then to our top three moments from this movie
1: oh go ahead go ahead zinger
0: okay my top three first one the time han shot first
1: oh, oh. the second
0: one the time hot han shot first. now i'm joking okay. but yes the first one is the time han shot first okay the second one for me would be the attack on the death star the uh, the rebel attack on the death star oh, okay um with the X-Wings and Y-Wings and pew-pew-pew! Pew-pew! And my third one, and this one might be weird. The meeting on the Death Star with Tarkin, Vader, where Vader chokes, does the chokehold and you kind of see the powers of the, of what, what he's able to do for the first time. I, I don't know, just for some reason that entire scene is very iconic to me where, where they're in that meeting room discussing politics of sorts, and I, I don't know, it's just something about that, like Vader's very menacing, and then someone finally says something back to him, and you find out why no one does that. So that's, so those are my top three moments. Okay. Um, let's let our guests go sure, first, sure. since, you know, I went first, you know, like people shoot first.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that. Uh, I'm sensing a running theme here.
0: <laughs> it might be for this one. <laughs> oh, Zach, go ahead.
2: All right, my favorite moment is I ha- It's always been a moment that stuck with me is when they finally land on the Death Star and Vader comes out and he just tur- he's disturbed. He turned around and, co- and he makes a comment on lines of because a sense of presence. And he just walks away. I think it's always been kind of a in, not now I want to say eerie moment, but just unique. We've never seen Vader disturbed. Yeah. And in that moment, he's disturbed. The fact that he sent his Obi-Wan for the first time in almost 20 years. My second one, is this is kind of cheating, is basically any moment with Ben Kenobi Al Guinness. I I, I know that's cheating, but I think he has created a persona for that character that they're still borrowing from liberally even to this day. And third is obviously the cantina. You can't beat the cantina. The cantina is one of those things where if you had to pick one scene in Star Wars that probably cemented its place in pop culture if not culture as a whole it's that scene it's just the iconic is not a strong enough word for it
0: definitely i i I was gonna go go with alec guinness myself because i love ben kenobi and my love for him does a little bit more come from the original i mean i i I love what they did with him in the prequel trilogy but i I definitely definitely some a good list there All right, Ellie, like your namesake for this episode, you're going last.
1: (laughs) I said I shot first. Thank you. Mm. Okay. Well, um, absolutely love just the scene when Luke is looking over the sunset. Yeah. It is just gorgeous. It gives me goosebumps every time I see it. I just, I feel such like, I don't know, calm and I, I don't know how to describe it, but just I love just that image. It's gorgeous. Um, of course, I'm a huge Luke lover, so when he uses the Force, doesn't use his computer. Yeah. He just uses the Force to make that the money shot. <laughs> um, and then I love when it said, uh, that's no moon, it's a space Yes. <laughs> so those are definitely some of my favorite either quotes or scenes or whatever the case may
2: be. Very good list.
0: I, I think it's... <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm having to think back. I don't think there's ever been a time where everybody's had different moments since we started this list.
1: Yeah, that is true. Most of the movies, there's at least been one thing that was on everybody's.
0: Well, I think, I mean, this movie has, of course, been out the longest out of any of Mm -hmm. them. It's the one that we were all... I I think I can safely say, everyone in this room, this was probably our first introduction to Star Wars was through this movie. It was
1: not. Oh, yeah, it was mine,
2: but...
0: (laughs) Okay, well, which which was your first
2: my first introduction to star wars was the phantom menace and this Uh is always my this is my star wars dinner table story is that i was how was i six years old when the phantom menace came out and i don't want to say i was dragged to it because that's that's not really what it was though but i was invited by a my mother's friend and she goes oh let's go see star wars and i goes okay sure It's probably, if I could pick one day in my life that changed everything for me, I I, I couldn't fathom my life without Star Wars or me as a person. And I kind of got brought to that. And I don't know, I I really don't remember much after immediately seeing it. All I can basically say is that thousands of dollars later, I had every single toy from the Phantom Menace (laughs) line and the Power of the Force too. So it's one of those things where that was my introduction to it. And I'll save how I got into the original trilogy later on, though. But really, Phantom Ez was the Star Wars breakthrough for me. Oh,
0: interesting. So, sorry, sorry for me for misjudging that, then. <laughs> Not at all. But
1: Well, uh, and, and, and um, his comment earlier about how you've never seen Vader frazzled oh, for
0: most of us. Oh, yeah, that would that yeah, yeah Yeah, I
1: mean, we wouldn't have noticed, we wouldn't have known any different because that's the first time that we'd be seeing him. So.
0: true true all right well i guess let's move into our i guess plot quick overview moment segment and for this one i i, I tried to think of something to do but to be honest everyone knows this at, at this point where we're doing star wars so um
1: if you if you don't go watch the movie and then come back and watch and listen to the podcast
0: evil empire band of rebels <laughs> planets go boom and a small moon goes... Um, uh, not a moon, but a space station goes boom too. Everyone cheers. Chewbacca lots, does not get a medal.
1: Lots of boom. Aww. He doesn't man.
0: watch the movie.
1: Poor Wookie.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. Poor Chewbacca. I know. But now we're going to move into, of course, our... I guess let's let's kind of just discuss this movie, I guess, as a whole. Because I think this is the point now where we're going to bring up the long-awaited heavily debated title card of original versus special edition it's something that can divide fans it's something that we're going to try to (laughs) handle with grace on here for certain moments
1: i'm bringing out the gloves
0: Oh, I don't, I don't. I don't need gloves. I got brass knuckles. <laughs> oh snap! Actually, no. I got a blaster, and I'm going to shoot first. There. Enough said. But no, I, I think what we should start with is let's start with our favorite moments. Go, go. Each person, our favorite moments from the special edition of what was added, and then I guess we'll do a discussion. Oh no! Wait, actually, actually, let's let's do our favorite and most hated moments because I feel like it will come out in the discussion our most hated <laughs> moment. So if we save it for the end, it's not going to be a surprise.
1: Okay, that is true.
0: So I'm going to be nice and let our guest go first for this one.
2: Uh, okay, I, okay, I'm going to kind of tip my hand early on. My favorite moment from the special editions, and there's only one. And this mm-hmm. tell you how I feel. The only scene I feel that's worth including in all that is when Han is chasing the stormtroopers down the corridors of the Death Star, and he eventually turns the wrong way, and he has the hangar full of them. Mm-hmm. That is a much better scene than having him, I guess, corner them in a the broom closet, where for some reason they decide to turn around and start shooting back at him. That, that doesn't make sense. And plus, you, back in the 70s, they couldn't make 400 things of armor. Yeah. Never mind. They didn't have the computer technology to duplicate a stormtrooper a dozen times. I like that. Uh, other than that, you can keep it all. I don't want. I don't want any of the changes. It's. It's. Like some of the scenes, like in the other films, like Empire. Like I like what they did with Cloud City. Not to get off topic, mm-hmm. but I like the fact they kind of put stuff in the background of Cloud City. That's fine. When, I have no problem with window dressing. I hate when you put crap in the frame for no reason. Interesting. And it's just and it's just shoveled on just for the sake of look, we can do this now. And my favorite part is that if you go back through all the different iterations of home video releases, and it's that every single one does something slightly different.
0: Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. They they and, truly do.
2: And it's the point where in going to into all this slightly going to what I don't like. I don't think, I don't hate the special editions. I hate them more in a a broad sense because Lucas should have known better. I don't know why this became such an issue with him over the years. But the one, like, there's the most egregious offense, I'd say, is probably just them going through most Eisley on the speeder. Just because there's just so much stuff that's shoveled in there. It's just you have all the different creatures, and some of it's not bad. Like, and you have like a Jawa in the background doing something with, I can pardon my lack of Star Wars knowledge, but the, the creature that's kind of like a dinosaur esque. Uh that's fine. That doesn't matter. Oh, the
0: the the one with the longer neck. I was about to say yeah. not the not the dubacks that the, not storm, the yeah. that
2: bothers me too. That bothers me too, but that's so amazing, you so,
0: that. so, so you like the puppet by the by, by the canteen as opposed to the C G one randomly there. I
2: like the problem with the C G though is that it sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. I don't mind anything if it blends in appropriately. Like I again, to me. I, I like things in bad taste. Like, if you want to do stuff like that, that's fine, though. Know, but you got to make it blend in appropriately. And with that, it just... Again, like one of the most... Again, going back to the cantina, you have... There's the wolfman, who's in mm-hmm. the cantina. Mm-hmm. And Lucas actually digitally replaces him twice. If you watch the Blu-ray, the wolfman's in three scenes in the original... Or, or When I say original, I'm meaning the Laserdisc cut. Because that's the cut I have, is the Laserdisc version. In the original laser disc cut, the Wolfman's there, in three scenes. And in this the 2011 Blu-rays, he's actually digitally removed the Wolfman twice. And I don't get why. It's such a weird thing to edit out. Or to it replace. It really is. And I'll leave it at that. There's more things I could go on. Almost all the changes bother me to some capacity, but I'll move on from there.
0: Well, we'll probably get to them in our discussion. Um, so... I just, I guess, I guess we should point out because I mean, you just made a good point of how you saw the originals. Um, I actually have the, I found our VHS copies that were from the early '90s, and that's why I originally watched them as on a, as when I was a kid. I have the DVD versions from 2007, where it has the special edition and the like quote unquote uncut versions of the, the original.
2: The bonus feature disc version. Yes.
0: and that's that's the closest thing i think i can get to saying you know the unedited even though that 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 has some alterations in it still but me finding a vcr right now is something i'm not (laughs) really a fan of doing so i guess that's that's my comparison of that um ellie i think you're in the same boat i
2: have a question your vhs versions
0: yeah are those the ones the leonard
2: malton interview in the beginning
0: i don't know i i seriously like i found them when I was going through stuff and grabbed those and the special edition ones. Um, I actually just went and grabbed our version of them and you said that it is the version that has the interview on it?
2: Yep, Larry Malton.
0: Yeah, like I said, I haven't watched these and probably... 15 years, maybe? <laughs> it's, like I said, they're, they're on v- VHS. So, I mean, I don't have a VCR right now. So Right. And it's not one of those I need to go run out and get. But like I said, I, I do the the DVD ones even though those ones have some alterations to them. E- everything kind of has some alterations where they kind of did something to them, I feel, at some point. But uh, I guess I'll do mine now because Ellie has kind of put herself into the place where she will go last for the entire time we're here because she decided to say a statement earlier. <laughs> eh. <laughs> so I guess oh, I'll you've do you got jokes. I do, I got plenty of them, and you've <laughs> set me up for all of them tonight tonight. <laughs> Alright, so my thing is this. What I like about the special edition is I kinda like I, I guess the the thing I like most is the touch-ups to the like star battles and stuff like where they're taking off from yavin and you actually are seeing the ships come up you know very close to the screen instead of these little dots flying off when they're going towards the death star you you have that scene where you see all the ships you know flying flying by yavin and everything and i kind of like that i liked um also there's the battles on the death star like over the death star where those got touched up another one is when they blast off Moss Eisley, the, the takeoff of the Millennium Falcon. I yes. like those touch ups. Yeah. And I kinda like a lot of this stuff with the with, with the set dressing and everything too, to an extent. I will admit the Moss Isley scene was a little over the top at times, per se, kind of. But now I'm gonna go to the other side of this. And this is gonna get venomous. Not towards <laughs> yeah. Ellie. Not towards Ellie, mind you. I I'm not I'm not gonna direct any like direct anger towards her with this next statement han shoots first han shoots first every single time in my opinion i don't like that they keep changing that it is a character arc for him that he goes from somebody who would just shoot somebody in cold blood and has a character development that is something that is stolen from him by him shooting at the same time or him shooting second or you know him responding to it he shoots him in cold blood and here's the thing that's that's something i can vaguely live with it's the Jabba scene that has over the years it's grown to be something i just kind of despise more and more if that makes any sense i i just i think the build-up of Jabba as a character from new hope to return when you actually see him is an interesting build-up because you're like who is this guy who is Han running from? Who is Han scared of to the point where he's running across the galaxy, you know? And even, you know, running from the Empire and everything, too, to try to even avoid this guy. And the Empire has to enlist somebody, you know, like Boba Fett later. But I just do not like the conversation between him and Han. It, it steals the, the allure of Jabba. It also puts Boba Fett on the planet, which I, I don't know if I want to get into a Boba Fett discussion right now or not. Um... I don't like him being on the planet because it's kind of put to the fan theory that he's the one that actually killed on own and Aunt Peru. I don't think that happened, in my personal opinion. I, I, I don't go with that theory. I, I just, I don't know. The, the, the whole scene with, with Jabba, I just, it just, I don't think it needed to be there. It doesn't, it doesn't flow right with, with the rest of the scenes too. There, I said my piece. E- everything else, like, like I said, Ellie, your turn to, to either make the internet hate you or love you.
1: Oh, well, I always go for hate me, because that's just too much fun. Um, I disagree with both of you.
2: Blasphemy. <laughs> <Well, sighs> Stupid I'll girl. Got hit horse card. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb
1: girl and her opinions. <laughs> um, yes, there are parts of these. Now, just to put it back a little bit. I love the originals. That's mm-hmm. what I saw first. Yes. You know, so it's it's nothing against the originals. I'll still pop in the original and watch it. That's, that's not what I'm saying here. Um, but I, I'm okay with change. I'm okay with editing. Um, clearly, everybody out there that says they don't like remakes and they don't like this and they don't like that um, are two-faced because <gasps> all of these box offices would not be blowing up like they are If you really didn't like them. Um, So I think a lot more people don't mind them as much as like maybe somebody says they don't. They just don't want other people to know that they like them. So it's it's cooler to say, I don't like them. Um, Yes, there are, of course, some parts that I can't stand that they made edits to. But there's a lot that I love. Um, So, you know, the... I don't care for a lot of the creatures... That they added into it, I the Moss Eisley. Have, yeah, scene. It, it's not just that. It's um, Well, part of it is the um the little um Womp, womp rats. Oh They're
0: yeah. They're so blurry,
1: and it just looks terrible. Um, the scene with with um, Jabba and Hans walks behind him in a rat like that. That whole scene when he's like walking behind him and he's. And he steps to, on his tail. That looks horrendous. Um, it it just looks terrible. So yes, there are some parts that I, I do not care for, um, but I love. Uh, oh oh, I'm sorry. And Obi Wan when he does that sound.
0: Oh yeah, the crate dragon oh, call. Yeah.
1: Come on. That
0: has been changed several times actually.
1: <laughs> that is ridiculous. It's silly. I don't like it. But for the most part. If you really watch, um, there's some great videos on YouTube and some other places that kind of does the heavy work for you. But if you watch some of those and, and see a lot of the comparisons side by side of, of all the the extra details of the landscapes. Mm-hmm. And this, like you were saying, the space battles. And just, just the details, that kind of stuff, I just think it, it makes it... So much better for the newer audiences. Yes. Um, so clearly, it was obvious that they did it to try to bring people in that are used to better graphics and 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 better stuff like that. Um, so, like I said, not everything needed to be done, and obviously, there were stuff I didn't care for. But overall, I don't think it's as bad as what some people complain about. So fair enough. Yes.
2: Sorry. Well, sorry. Well, funny thing with the, with the Crate Dragon was I'm not sure how. Um, In tune you guys were when that was first released because that clip was released – I think it was leaked on YouTube right before the Blu-rays came out. I want to say maybe a month beforehand and everybody kind of sat there on Twitter back in like August of 2011 saying, is this real? is this this actually what's happening? Everyone was convinced it was fake because it sounded so goofy. Yeah, And I remember Lucasfilm (laughs) issuing a press release saying, yup, it's real. Because I think at the same time, I think that came out like on a, I'm just making this up here, that came out like on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And the very next day was the Return of the Jedi Vader when he's about to pick up the Emperor and throw him down the, the chasm, going, no, no! And everyone's <laughs> like, oh my lord. How, how, there's no... I, it came out one after the other. Everyone's like, no way. And then I think it was that Thursday, Lucasfilm's like, yup, it's real. And everyone, I think that was probably the lowest... Like, I guess if Star Wars fandom had collective low... yeah. And again, I, <laughs> may, I, I might be projecting my feelings onto the fandom, but I, you can just feel there was a sense of deflation... In Star Wars at that exact moment. All
0: right, I'm going to reveal a behind the scenes thing real quick. And I, we, I promise after this we're going to start talking positively about this movie. And positively about Star Wars. Because I, I feel we've... I
1: haven't we've... said anything negative at all, actually.
2: Maybe that's you two.
0: Mm. Anyways. I'll
2: take the Brian. I'll, I'll be negative, Nelly. I'm fine with
0: okay. the title. Here's the thing. I was holding off for the longest time. I was waiting, patiently waiting, because we have the DVD, as I said, we have VHS DVD copies, and we do have the Blu-ray collection now. And that came about, and I can tell you the exact moment it came about, when we announced that we were going to do Star Wars as the year-long celebration. We went to go watch the DVD versions, and Ellie straight up was like, they have these on Blu-ray now, right? Why don't we own them? And I was like, I'm waiting for them to put out the original versions. I want them on Blu-ray. I want the uncut versions on Blu-ray. And now looking back, it's kind of one of those things I wonder now. I'm like, and, and, and like I like said, I don't want to start a huge debate online about this, but I don't feel if they tried to transition the old movies to Blu-ray, if they would do it justice. I feel like it's something to where the movie's older, the films deteriorate over time, and this is something that's been pointed out several times. It's just something that I think the best version we're going to get of them now is the Blu-rays. I'd love to see a... And I know that people are splicing together different versions of the movie to try to make a high-definition version of it. And kudos to you. you, you, you I, I, I salute people who are doing that, but... For me, I kind of am like, you know what? The special editions are kind of the best we're gonna get because I've watched the DVD versions. I mean, I've, I, I've watched them. I've watched them with them on a, and I'm not trying to be arrogant here. I've watched them DVD into a Blu-ray player, which is gonna upscale it onto a 4K TV, which is also trying to
1: stop telling everybody we have a 4K.
0: trying to upscale it onto that and it's a larger tv too so it's one of those things i'm it 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 just it, it shows its age at that point point. and like, like i said maybe it's the formats trying to upscale themselves but at the same time well it's, i think the blu-rays are the best we're gonna get
1: it's like okay so it's like you love final fantasy 7 yeah it was a great game yeah when you played it i'm aging myself a little bit but when i played it I thought it was the best thing ever. Oh, my gosh. The graphics are crazy. Oh my, you know, you know what I'm saying? But if you go and download it on PlayStation yep. Network right now mm-hmm. and play it on your PlayStation... It looks like complete and utter crap. And I, I can't play it anymore because. Ellie, of... did
0: you just say that the original Star Wars is complete and utter crap?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to help you. I, with I your know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. Getting, I'm getting my flaming torches and pitchforks right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that it's, it's just stuff that when you saw it when you were younger, you do remember it differently, and then you go back and try to watch it again. That's where you appreciate the little mm-hmm. bit of help in upgrading. and that's
0: And th- that's, that's the thing. I, I do enjoy watching the DVD version. It's just one of those things to where you can see a lot more issues with it then. And you, and right. you can see. Okay.
2: Okay. I'm going to push back on this. Oh, man, you're going to have fun with me on this Okay, one. cool. All right. So, okay, this is how I was introduced to the original trilogy. It was as I saw The Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. and my father, my fa- I don't want to say my father was a cheapskate, but he was a mm-hmm. practical man. <laughs> and so what he did, he, my father was an older gentleman, and back during the late 80s, he got a free subscription to HBO for, like I think, the summer, so three months. And recorded and them on, during, um,
0: and recorded them that way?
2: Yes. And he reco- <laughs> no, he didn't just record Star Wars that way. He recorded everything he could. He bought like 100 blank videotapes that and recorded awesome. any movie. Oh, yeah. He, ca- he had a cabinet full of old VHS <laughs> movies. And so when I eventually came back from The Phantom Menace... And I said, oh, I want to watch Star Wars. And he goes, oh, I have those. And so what he popped into the television was the versions that HBO played back in the late 80s, maybe early 90s. I don't know. And so that was the version I was introduced to. It wasn't until 2002 with the release of Attack of the Clones – that my mother, or I insisted on it, I wanted a store-bought copy of the films. And obviously by 2002, that was the special editions. And I really wasn't, I, how was I? I was nine going on ten. I wasn't really cognizant of changes. Like I might have noticed a couple things mm-hmm. were missing, but who again, a nine-year-old doesn't care about that. And so over time, then like you, during late 2006, I remember reading, at that time I was on the computer, I read forums, and I'm like, oh, they were talking about Best Buy had some sort of collector's edition in this tin can of the original films. Uh-huh. And I still have no idea how I convinced my father to spend $90 on it when it wasn't my <laughs> birthday or Christmas. <laughs> and he did. He went out and bought it for me. And I remember at the time saying, eh, this is kind of like a waste of money. I already have these. I don't. I already had the DVD versions when they were released in 2004. And so there was kind of something I always kind of kept in my closet. They were there just in case I ever needed them. And then the Blu-rays came out, and obviously I was there day one for the Blu-rays. Like I sat there, I pre-ordered them from Amazon, Amazon didn't ship them in time, so I ran out to Best Buy <laughs> to Buy them to make sure I had them. And as time went on since then, I honestly cannot watch the Blu-rays. To me, Star Wars, Star Wars is a lived-in future, and the Blu-rays are too slick, they're too polished. Star Wars should not look that clean and sterile, which is how they look to me. And that's even though I have the Blu rays, I always go back to my 2006 laser disc ports of the. They're official. They're officially, this is for, for your listeners, they are officially sanctioned. I'm not watching something <laughs> that's illegal. I'm not watching a, a torrent or anything burned on a DVD. So I always go back to those. Even as I was preparing for this episode, I always go back to my laser disc rips because to me, that's Star Wars. Star Wars is meant to look dirty, it's not meant to look clean. And I feel, even as I was watching that YouTube video that Ellie was referencing, where that guy did a fantastic job putting A next to B and saying, you compare, which is better, the, the original or the special editions. Even watching that, it just, it's too clean for me. I just don't like that it's just even like, the the do scene where they fight look sir droids even that you have the quasi-imperial shuttle taking off in the background you have the do acting up and you have another one and it's like ugh, it's it's like no and i think even that how i look at star wars and i guess that's what makes me a weird millennial in the sense that i was introduced with the phantom menace but i was brought up on the non-special editions Huh. And that's where, and, and that's one thing that, like you were going with, you both were saying is that the the Blu-rays are the definitive edition, and that absolutely terrifies me. And this is also why, again, not to start a fight like you guys are saying, but Lucas is to blame because he has deliberately kept those under lock and key. Which I'm not sure if we'll get into what Lucas has done with these films and why he won't release them, but. It really is... Even if you don't want... Even if Disney does not want to consider these canon... they In a high-definition format, they should be out in the public space. Even if they made them exclusively for uh, fil- um, film colleges. But they need to be in the public space in an official capacity. In high-definition. So,
1: I um, I totally get what you're saying. You know, and that's why um when listeners listen to our our episodes they know that I am all about I love that everybody has their own opinion so I'm I'm totally cool with that I think I think the reason and where you're coming from though is more nostalgia than the quality of the movie um just because that's how you were grown up on it and it it gives you good feels when you watch Wait. those versions, because it makes you think of when you were younger and your family and all that stuff. So, um, but but I see I see both sides of it. I can yeah. you know that. I mean, so I totally agree. I mean, you know that's like cool.
0: Like I said, I mean yes, I'd love the Blu-ray versions, but at the same time, I, I'm kind of being a realist in the sense of we're not we haven't got them yet. Who knows when we're going to get them? Might as well buy the Blu-rays and
2: you, you want to know why we haven't gotten them, right? Oh,
0: because because Lucas has them. Well, lock you know and key, why,
2: Lucas. Why, why specifically we haven't got – well, there's you, know, you guys probably heard that a couple – not even a couple months ago. Every few months, there's always a rumor going around of, oh, man, there's a 4K version of, of the original trilogy floating around. Yeah, and that's why I yeah. didn't buy
0: the Blu-rays for the longest time I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, there's a rumor. There's a rumor. There's a rumor out <laughs> there. Yeah.
2: Well, the thing about it is, yeah, there is a – and without going into too much history of the – what Lucas did with the special editions was that back – Oh God! Where was it? This was back. I think it was the People versus George Lucas. That oh yeah, which, which is its own thing. Without getting into the politics of that, was that they had they referenced an article or a statement that Lucasfilm PR put out saying that when Lucas made the special editions, he physically altered the negative Yeah, I, know, I've heard that, that too. Yeah, and well, when I heard that, that was kind of I heard that in college. And I was—I—that I, didn't make sense to me. And this give again a little bit more context about who I am was that in college I was a film studies minor, and I was best friends with the people who ran the film studies department. And my the head of the department was a former AFI American Film Institute film preservist. Hmm. And I asked her. I said. Obviously, as you guys know, Star Wars is everything. Everybody knows Star Wars. And I said, there's a, I don't want to say rumor, or, that's why I still call it. I, I went up to her and I said, they claim George Lucas or Lucas film claims that they physically alter the negative. And she turned around me and goes, it is unheard of to ever touch a negative. Unheard of because it's so easy to make a duplicate. There's no. It's kind of like imagine you have a document in your hands. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna go overboard and say like the Declaration of Independence, but let's say you have like a the deed to your home, mm-hmm. and you wanna you need a copy of it for whatever reason. You, you either you just want a copy to show your best friend, or you want your kid wants a copy to use it as a coloring book. For whatever reason, you're going to make a photocopy of it just for the sense of you know what the original is too precious to, to mangle with, and by making a copy. I can do whatever I want with it and I don't have to worry about it. And that was her analogy. It just doesn't make sense. There's no reason to tamper with a negative. And so for the last how many – that was almost six years ago now I had that conversation with her. And I think within the last year, Lucasfilm or whoever it was – I think it was – or maybe it was Disney. Disney has a historian or whoever it was was working with Lucasfilm. This is all in-house with the Walt Disney Company. And they reiterated the statement from – from Lucasfilm saying, they did alter the negative. And I don't... I Even though that's twice now, and I have to assume it's true, just because usually you hear the same thing enough times, it tends to be true when it's not something that's very controversial. But it it doesn't make sense. And this is what I believe is the excuse as to why they keep saying that. Because of Directors Guild rules, every time Lucas made a change to Empire or Jedi, he needed to go well back when irving kershner was still alive that was yeah. the, but like richard Marquine Every time he made a change, Richard Marquand was not alive to give his consent to that because the director's Guild says you have to – it's a director's film. There are protections built into that. But all that Lucas had to do basically is write a check to Marquand's estate and they'd say, sure, do whatever you want because I doubt Richard Marquand's widow, if she's still alive or if he, was even, if he was even married, would even care about that. And I imagine that's what happened with Irving Kirshner back in 2011. The problem is is that Lucas is still alive. And I don't mean problem. I, I mean that with all all due respect to Lucas. <laughs> so even if Disney said, okay, and what do you think? Disney knows how much money they're sitting on that they released a 4K version of unaltered original trilogy. That would make – again, that would be a top 10 Blu-ray or at that point, whatever you call it, UHD seller for all time. The problem is they'd have to go to the Director's Guild and Lucas would have to personally sign off on it and – that would never happen while he's alive. Because I'm gonna go make more prequels. Well, exactly, and that's what. And I would even at this point, I'd be hard pressed that even someone like Steven, let's say Lucas, dropped dead tomorrow for the sake of argument. Yeah. I doubt even like Spielberg, and obviously considering that Kathleen Kennedy and her husband Frank Marshall are all in that orbit, I doubt even they would even request that. It's one of those things where I think we are never going to get in who they might even have a remastered copy right now, This wishful thinking, but it will never get a mass public release because it would require a sign off of his estate and I think his daughter and his family at this point wouldn't even sign off on it so maybe when we're all old men and old ladies maybe then we might get, we'll be in the nursing home saying, oh man, we're finally getting that, it's only been 70 years, but we're it, finally getting beams it it's beamed
0: straight into my brain
2: now exactly and maybe and at that point maybe that will be the nostalgia just talking with that and the dementia maybe we'll finally <laughs> convince ourselves we got the original trilogy and that's and that's so I think the shame of it is I think between Lucas's vindictiveness to the fandom and plus the fandom's contempt and disdain for Lucas in recent years kind of create this unmovable object and unstoppable force colliding to where nobody's going to be happy
0: alright cool alright I'm putting a pin in the special edition discussion for now because i'm sure we could make an entire episode out of that on either star wars junk or zingness so i was about to say we we need to move on Forward, but this 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 was all fun and stuff that you know. I I remember going through you know, and like, like I've said before, I've told Ellie I don't know how many times, hey, they're going to be put putting the originals out on Blu-ray, they're they're going to be doing it, and it never happened. So it is kind of an interesting thing to look back that way. But let's let's kind of discuss, I, I guess impact on the series and and culture that this. I mean, Star Wars culture obviously began with this movie and everything, but I guess my thing is just vader vader to me was kind of established in this you you get the beginning of the movie and and here's the thing i find it very interesting about think thinking about the beginning of the movie where there's the where these there's the blockade runner and the star destroyer chasing him over tattooing i just think that's so interesting in how much exposition and how much story is developed in just that little bit of time you, you you get so much information out of there you and you get that who is this Vader guy and you see that he's a very formidable individual. You get to meet Princess Leia and see her defiance towards the Empire. So I just thought that, that was just such an interesting scene. And then we're introduced to Luke, who who lives a life that looks nothing that ha, that has nothing to do with the with, with the world's battle that that's going on. So I I guess I just wanted to kind of jump in and say you know it's such an interesting way to go into a movie and everything. Um, Ellie, I, I'm sure you, you have some some stuff for this. You're you're always knocking it out of the park with this section.
1: I usually like the themes and I know, that sort I know. of thing. Um I mean yeah, I mean it depends on the order you watch the series, of course. Depending on how Vader impacts you. I mean True. I, I'm just saying it it just kinda depends. Um it was a great movie and obviously it has gone to inspire mm-hmm. so many things in that genre so i mean i think that's the main main inspiration is just the fact that uh i mean excuse me the main impact um is on the to, series on the series is just that it's it's gone on to just influence so many things over the years and and bring more fans to fantasy and and space shows and movies and it's you know, it's crazy now how much stuff has come from this first movie. You know, comic books and regular books and toys. and Movies and more movies, movies and, and, movies and movies. TV. and Yeah, it's just, just this, this single movie has inspired so much for so many people. It's just, it's awesome. It's amazing.
0: Well, I just got a question real quick. Because I'm, I'm kind of just just a quick little question for both of you. Who's the villain of this movie? Like, who would you pin as the main bad guy? Like, one person in this movie?
1: I don't know. First impressions, you might think Han Solo is a pretty shady character. Okay. Um, But it kind of depends on how you look at it. But the Rebels are technically... Um, I don't want to say... Ugh. It's it's a hard The rebels
0: are technically bad guys in the sense of quote unquote the Empire is the established, you know, governing body and you're rooting for basically a rebel faction that's going out and attacking right. the establishment and trying to bring it down because they believe that they're right, while at the same time the Empire believes that they're because right. Because
1: there are a lot of places that are okay with what's happening.
0: Well, we can get into that. I'm,
1: I'm just saying, but you know, I was know. about to
0: say that's expanded on more in the in the expand <laughs> in well in the new canon, right? So we we'll, we will save that discussion for later. But I'll put I,
1: I'll put a zip in it. Perk.
0: But okay. <laughs> but okay, so 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 you're not going to pin any one character as no, the bad guy.
2: not really. Well, okay. I'm going to short answer: Darth Vader. Darth Vader. So the
0: so 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 your yours would be Vader.
2: Vader. Short answer: Vader. Long answer is, and this goes back to the way of again not to go back to the special editions thing, but looking at this film is that this is a very this is easily the smallest scale Star Wars film. I agree it's with the that. Smallest. It's contained. Because obviously, when it was created, and that's I think if Star Wars 1977 ever had, if its greatest triumph is considering everything that came after it, it works so perfectly as a self-contained story.
0: You it can does. You, be,
2: you can watch Star Wars and say, you know what, I'm done. I'm happy and never watch. Anything else? Not count between what Lucas did afterwards, or what Disney's doing right now, and you could feel perfectly satisfied. Which is think about for a lot of audiences in, in 1977, for a good part of 1978. That's what they did. They had this, and that was, and, and that was more than enough for people back then. Which now sounds a little odd considering that we live in the era of cinematic universes where, again, chances are we'll all be dead before they finish making Star Wars films. And Marvel now makes, I don't know, about three dozen a year. <laughs> it's it, it's it's refreshing to, to have a film where you can just – it's a single chapter. And, yes, there is so much stuff going on afterwards. There's so much stuff going on before it. And I know even with some of the books they're doing now, there's stuff going on during a yes. lot of the events of this film. It's – it's genuinely refreshing to have that. Where considering what we what goes on, just to have this, it's perfect. It's nice. It ties a nice little bow on the end, except for Chewbacca, as we say, it's not getting metal. Both Apparently, that's missions. supposed Why to be explained. That
0: that's that's supposed to be explained. I think some comic or something. That's probably no longer canon.
2: I the, would imagine. It's, yeah, it has to be. The, everything's the, explained. The
0: in Star explanation Wars. is their Wookiees apparently have no there's there's no intrinsic value to them to getting a medal it, it doesn't mean anything to them sort of thing like them doing the job is the reward for them them them, them, oh. them getting that is sort of a slight at them like that's that's supposedly what's supposed to be I, I think if I remember correctly and someone on the internet please by all means if I'm incorrect about that please point it out which I'm sure that will happen but no I the reason I asked that villain thing is because I have, here's my answer, Tarkin, Tarkin, in my opinion, is the bad guy, Vader's there, but as Leia very easily says, oh, I I knew somebody was pulling your, I knew somebody was pulling Vader's leash, Tarkin is the ultimate bad guy in this, he's the one that orders Alderaan's destruction, he's also the one that had an opportunity to technically save himself, but was too prideful to do so. And he's such an interesting character that I just enjoy, you know, just that, that he's somebody that doesn't... Vader and him have a mutual respect for each other, but at the same time, the Death Star is Tarkin's domain when vader's there he takes orders from tarkin and that is something that i just i just think that's an interesting dynamic as as a character is character development and everything for that because you're introduced to vader as he's the bad guy but then you're introduced to this other guy it's like no he's actually the bad guy but there is a mention of an emperor at one point in a discussion and that i think was a very i I know that this movie is supposed to stand alone but they seeded enough stuff to where there is some interesting stuff in there and maybe that's why i i like that the 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 scenes in the meeting room on the death star is because it's tarkin and vader at their best in that movie sort of running the show and showing how you know deliciously evil they can both be vader using his powers and tarkin using his wit and his you know command over the death star so that's that's just something i wanted to point out that i enjoyed but i think we've spent some time on the bad guys let's go over to the good guys you know luke um han unless you're ellie um (laughs) ben kenobi or obi-wan kenobi you know being introduced to him was something that i i think resonates with me more and more the more i watch it is just he alec guinness did such a great job with him and i just i just i just really enjoyed the character being introduced to him as this you know First, kind of as this, oh, he's some crazy old guy who, you know, doesn't know what he's talking about. Two, he's one of the greatest Jedis ever. Mm-hmm. Did anyone else get that watching it?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, ex- mind you, I'm excluding the prequels for this discussion.
1: Right, we're just focusing on this Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. we're
0: focusing on this, and that's the thing. It's just he had, you know, just such an interesting backstory to him and everything. I just thought that was really cool. And then it sort of develops through the other movies where you get more stuff that, that, that comes out. Including one of my favorite lines, everything I told you was true from a certain point of view.
1: Right. Well, and, and I'd like to skip backwards a little bit in time.
0: Oh, to, go, go for to, it. Um, uh To
1: giving Han a hero label. I disagree.
0: Be, wait, wait, hold on a second. I don't want to get into this again, but are you <laughs> saying that, that he's a bad guy? That he would shoot somebody first before <laughs> the other person had an opportunity to pull their gun. Even though the gun was aimed at him.
1: Whether he shoots somebody first or he recognizes that he's going to be shot. So he will just be faster than the other person. They both shoot at the same time. <laughs> wink, wink.
0: <laughs> <sighs> he, just, <sighs> he just
1: wins the draw. Leaving that conversation. Okay. Um. Let's for the fifteenth
0: time this yes. episode.
1: Let's <laughs> be honest. It takes a little bit for Han to earn his hero status. Yeah,
0: I don't I, I don't will think, agree with that. I
1: don't think he deserves to have it in this movie. Um, you know, you're talking about somebody that's. It's uh, obviously he loves Chewie. Yeah. You know. You know. There's they they, a,
0: they 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 have a yes. bond.
1: So he clearly cares about Chewie. So I'm not saying that he's completely heartless and doesn't care about anybody and. You obviously start to see him turn a little bit through the movie. uh, And through the
0: rest of the movies. But we'll get to that But we're not talking
1: about those movies. We're talking about this movie. I know, I'm just just saying. Um, And and so the the point is, is like you mentioned, it's nice to see his character development. Mm -hmm. But definitely, you know, the end scene where he comes in at the last minute, you know, saves the day, helps save the day. I don't honestly truly believe that was all for the him to be, um, you know, trying to help him be a hero. That was for more notoriety for him, for, for pats on the back for himself because of his ego. Yeah, but so I,
0: I was he, about to say, so you're you know, saying I'm, he won an ego boost from yeah, the situation. Yeah, so he doesn't
1: necessarily do that because he's a good guy. He's taking advantage of a situation that he can play to his. You know.
0: Interesting. I guess we'll see how that plays out in our continuing discussions. <laughs> I'm sorry if that sounded snarky, by the way. It's, it wasn't meant to be. I realized I as didn't I said say,
1: it. Yeah, like I said, I didn't say that he doesn't eventually become Oh, a no, hero. no, no.
0: I think you're, you're taking yeah. a very interesting take on this, and yeah. I'd love to see where this goes throughout our other discussions.
1: Stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned. As we and girls.
0: A, a, as we progress <laughs> through the rest of the Star Wars Movie. so that's very interesting, Ellie. I mean, I, I I took a stand about the 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 government and everything, and the prequel trilogy. <laughs> Apparently, you've decided to take a stand on Han Solo's character. So I'm I am actually legitimately intrigued to see what what you pull from this.
2: Woo! Yes. Oh man, the Han Solo spinoff film just got a whole lot more interesting. <laughs> if,
0: if if it can ever get made.
2: Hopefully, <laughs> well, one day. Hopefully. But well, what, one thing I want with the Han Solo is that. It depends. I get your argument. I understand it. And the thing about those is that it depends with what sort of lens you look at the character under. And I think if you look at it under the lens of just Star Wars, exclusively the first film, he has the third act change of heart. It's kind of, he's the, again, he, he's completely removed. He doesn't want to deal with this. And I think Han Solo looks at it in that there's no money to be made waiting into this war. He's waded into it once with when he drops his cargo when he's boarded by the Imperials that which Greedo references during their shootout. Mm-hmm. Or uh, technically, it's not really a shootout if one person doesn't even get to fire.
0: Yes, Ellie, it's not a shootout. We should have a little,
2: a little, pat, a little <laughs> bang for each time we reference that scene.
1: Um, but no, yes, the sound effect. Yes, a little bang this time. <laughs> but
2: no, but uh, no. Going back to it though, is that you look at it that way, and he does. But at the end of the film, he's awarded the medal. He's a hero. They do not award somebody a medal if they're not recognized as a hero. And considering the fact that in just the lens of Star Wars, the Rebellion is the good guy. Like you were saying, Zenger, it was you have the opening shot of the little minuscule blockade runner and you have the giant Star Destroyer chasing after it. That what? tells you everything you need to know about Star Wars. Like, that scene True. alone just tells you. And so with the context of looking at it, with that lens, he's, he's a hero by the end of that film. But with Ellie was saying, Han Solo doesn't really earn the position of hero, earn it, not just give it to it by the, the script. He doesn't earn it until the end of Empire, where he self-sacrifices in order to kind of pacify Vader and Boba Fett for the time being. That's where Han Solo earns his status of hero. And I think that's where you have, and that's why, going back to why I said why this is so refreshing is that you can look at it those two different ways. The character of Han Solo. And I want to say, maybe it's just him. I think Obi Wan's character changes a little bit, and obviously Vader's changes tenfold because the whole Vader's <gasps> oh, t- and going right. back to you were saying about who's the main <laughs> villain of this film. And this, this one little going backtracking on that for a second. Vader, just looking at Star Wars, is the greatest henchman in cinematic history in Star Wars.
0: He's I cannot wait till we discuss Empire.
2: <laughs> then, oh yeah, because because and that's where again, not to go back to criticism of the prequels and what Lucas did though was that Vader is not Space Jesus in Star Wars in, in the first one he's not that at all he's a henchman and that's basically what he is but the problem is that if you look at most movies even like you go back to the James Bond films you have Mr. it's Mr. Jinx right Who ha- who is the guy with the, the metal teeth oh so- Jaws it's just Jaws, Jaws. Excuse
0: me. yeah and that's what Jaws did, yes, and ha- who's the one with the hat yeah,
2: he does, Mister Jinx, right, the one with the hat.
0: Ellie, come on, you're. you're I the... can't
2: remember what the yeah. All right, odd job, odd job, odd job, odd job. Everybody knows I'm talking about. So, is it odd job? But you think about those. Yes, you always have in Bond, you have Blofeld. Yeah. You always have the the villain who's in charge stroking the cat, which is what Tarkin <laughs> is. Tarkin's the guy stroking the cat, right? right? And but it's the it's the henchman that always has the thing to do that always confronts our hero. And that's one thing I don't think Star Wars gets enough credit for, is that you do not, at the end of this, have a one-on-one fight between the protagonist and the antagonist. If you think about that... Oh my gosh, you don't, really. You don't get that. And that's, again, not to get into The Force Awakens, but that's one of my largest criticisms about The Force Awakens is, and that's why Lucas, along with the... Everything else he did with Star Wars—that's why it works so well. You do not get that one-on-one confrontation. You get something very, very, very similar to it in the in the sense of the Death Star trench fight or space battle, where you have Vader's just about to get Luke, and then obviously Han Solo shows up. You get right to the edge of that, though, but you do not get that one-on-one confrontation. You don't get that until the subsequent film, and and that's another reason. That's one thing I feel a lot of people do not respect or even recognize that star wars does
0: true um speaking of the trench run so i this is like i said this this movie also has the most some of the most um stuff done on it as in like um and and, you know the the prequels i mean that's all right i know that the original trilogy has some of the most looked over stuff of it i just got a fun question for each of you and if i'm wrong internet point me out on this the trench that they are flying on, in on, on the Death Star. Where is it on the Death Star, Ellie? I don't know. You you, you don't you don't have a guess of where it is. In, okay. In
1: the, get, in the I'll, middle. I'll,
0: I'll, <laughs> oh, so so you're saying the 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 equator band around it.
1: I would assume, but I'm not sure.
0: Okay. Zach.
2: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go really specific. I'm gonna say the northwest region lot three seven eight. Fifty three minutes, sixty two seconds. I'm going to go really specific. Well, I know that's completely wrong, but
0: it's supposed to be on top of it's. It's actually the trench is supposed to be part of the like, I guess pole the the, the north pole of the Death Star is from some stuff I've read, which is interesting because a lot of people do think it's the e- equator trench, but it's supposed it's not supposed to be. It's supposed no. to actually be the. Now I might be wrong on that. Like I said, that stuff I've read. And, with Star Wars now, who knows, canon or non-canon. But it's just something that I, I always thought it was the equator thing until it got pointed out. But, yeah, j- so I just wanted to throw that in there.
1: Yeah, well, um, speaking of the trench run...
0: Okay, cool. Um, I, I figured you you, you have you had something weighing in the wings.
1: Well, actually, that, that whole scene was inspired by um, 633 Squadron. Um, they actually kind of based that whole run off of a scene in it where they had royal air force planes um they were flying really low Mm -hmm. to attack a factory and the base was at the cliff of a canyon so it's kind of cool that's where the inspiration came from for that that whole scene with the trench run and everything well
0: well, what other inspirations did this movie have since i guess we've moved into that now
1: uh well um hidden fortress um, it has similar music and wipe cuts, so that was another inspiration. And also, we mentioned this um, movie for one of the other ones. I can't remember right off. You might remember from previous conversations, but remember the Dam Busters? Yeah. We, I, we mentioned that one. Um, some of the dialogue is straight from that movie into this movie. Um, and I thought that was kind of cool. And uh, Gilbert Taylor, who is the cinematographer... Um, Also filmed the special effects sequences for the Dan Busters. So it's kind of neat that some of those similarities and inspirations that moved into Star Wars.
0: Um, I know that it was also inspired by, I know, several samurai movies. Yes. I also know that Flash Gordon, ironically, is another inspiration for it as well. And I'm sure that, you know, there's tons of other stuff. But also, I know that it has gone on, as we said earlier, to inspire numerous other stuff.
1: Yeah. What do you think... um, is there any particular theme that everybody got from this movie? It doesn't have to be a long discussion, but just like a kind of a...
0: a I don't know. I'm point. trying to think of the whole movie now, like as a beat by beat with how it... Um, I guess it's kind of... I don't know. It's it's just interesting, the whole... Luke wants adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's very apparent that you've got this... This, um, this young kid who wants adventure. He wants who, to
1: get out and do stuff. He, and he's he stuck as a farm hand. And, and,
0: he, and he's stuck, you know. All his in, friends in a, in a, have already yeah, left. Yeah, all of his friends have yeah. left. You know, he's stuck here, you know, wanting adventure. And he's sort of in a twisted monkey paw sort of way gets his wish. Because he. <laughs> he, he, he That's had, a good reference. It, no, it truly is. And I'm sorry <laughs> to say that and be super morbid, but he gets his wish. His. He, the the only family he knows he has yeah, at that point exactly. is killed by who it's stormtroopers or whoever I'm not going to name any particular person like some theory would want me to but they are killed and he basically is also in possession of objects wanted by the enemy and his only choice is to go off with this <laughs> mystical space wizard <laughs> To go fight and destroy. <laughs> it just I-
1: gets better and better. <laughs> I- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to try
0: to not describe it in the terms of Star Wars while I'm saying it. This is what I should have done for the plot earlier. <laughs> so he's going to go. He's going to join forces with a mystical space wizard. Him and that mystical space wizard are going to go to a shady part of town. Discuss stuff with some guy who will shoot somebody at the drop of a hat. So, okay. And his, Hold on. And his friend Sasquatch.
1: So what is your theme, though? You're kind of just saying the plot of the movie. You, I'm sorry, I didn't thing? get this
0: chance to do it earlier, oh. so I, I figured it would be funny to do it now. But the oh theme, God. I don't know. I, I just feel like the theme is, you know, he he's going on an adventure. He 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 gets an opportunity to go on an adventure because he has no choice but to go on this adventure. And then they meet up with the chick with the um, Cinnabons on okay, the ear. I'm gonna, okay,
1: I'm
2: okay. going to cut you off now.
0: Go ahead.
1: Yes.
2: First, I just want to touch on what you, how you were describing this. Imagine being a studio executive. Get oh my gosh,
0: no, that's the greatest but thing in the world.
2: Imagine being a... Think about it, You're our studio executive in like 1974 when Lucas started really pitching this. And imagine he walks in. And at this time, science fiction was more or less 2001 A Space Odyssey and Planet of the Apes. That, that was kind of the most successful science fiction at the time, which all is... Rod Serling esque Twilight Zone, or very much, I don't want to call it science fact, but it's science fiction in the sense of we will eventually get to a 2001 esque future. It's kind of like this is where we hope to go. It's not fancy. And you can understand now why you're looking at this going, and he walks in and goes, okay, I'm going to do all this, this, how you described it, giant Sasquatch creature, <laughs> along with all these things. We're going to have a guy in a black suit, and he's going to talk to a respirator. I even know if he had that figured out at that point. And, imagine, and its going to cost around eight million dollars. Like, imagine pitching that. Yeah, back then. Give, yeah. Yeah, you got to give Fox a lot of credit back in the '70s for saying, you know what? We have no—I know that in a lot of the documentaries when they're interviewing Alan Ladd Jr., he says this. He goes, "I had no idea what the guy was saying, but you know what? He said it with such passion, you couldn't ignore it."
0: it you know what? I, I can see George Lucas doing that. Which, by the way. I've found out how I'm going to discuss the plot and the overview for the next movie. I'm going to do my George Lucas impression and do a terrible job of describing Star Wars, but while being technically accurate.
2: Considering the fact that he doesn't really like Empire Strikes Back is his least favorite of all the films, that would be a pretty spot on thing to do. Well, when you look at Star Wars and its themes, the best – you really can't do that unless – and this is just not just for this film but for all of them. is You have to look at what George Lucas the person was going through at that time in his life because for the original trilogy, Luke Skywalker is George Lucas. And, and that's what a lot of this film is. And Like you two were touching on is that Lucas was this kid who lived in California – how say he was complete, kind of like a loner, but he was—he wasn't—he was more of an outsider than an insider. And what he is is that he has—he has parents, much like Uncle Owen, and Aunt Beru, who kind of tell him, "Well, you kinda, you to stick around the homestead." And eventually, push comes to shove, and all these events kind of just come into his life, and he's caught up in this larger than life adventure, which can be seen as basically everything he'd done prior to Star Wars. Most likely probably THX eleven thirty eight probably being the example of being caught up in this larger than life adventure that he could never fathom would come true. And I think that's and that's how you got that's the theme of it. You have to look at what the themes of what George Lucas was going through in his lifetime up until that point. Mostly just the idea of trying to break free of the homestead mentality that, that his parents were trying to instill in him. Or at least his father anyway.
0: Interesting. I've I've never I mean, I've, I know a lot about Lucas, but I've never looked into what was going on in his life during the making, uh, like, before Star Wars and around that time. So that is interesting, kind of with, with those themes of, you know, him, Luke, being his kind of counterpart in, in his own adventure.
2: Well, that's, and that's also you have to look at the prequel trilogy, and just to touch on that slightly, is that if you look at Darth Vader, Darth Vader in the original trilogy is the bad guy. Does he get redemption at the end? Yes, because that's the whole thing of what Lucas was trying to do with his own father. Lucas had issues with his father, and by the very end, the son makes peace with the father. The father's dying breath is – everything is settled. Wait, hold on,
0: hold on. Vader is Luke's father?
2: I know. Spoiler, right? You gotta put a spoiler <sighs> alert in there. You gotta put a little, spo- a little bonk, bonk, bonk to give everybody a heads up. I'm sorry,
0: I'm watching these movies for the first time.
2: Oh my this, oh, well. oh, god. This this month. <laughs> oh man. Spoiler alert. But no, going back to um, the prequels was, and then by the time Lucas was making the prequels, guess what? He was a father. So he's starting to now look at things very similarly to what his father was going through. And that's why darth vader goes from being a villain to being a tragic hero in that lucas now sees himself as the bad guy in that he has to make a lot of decisions that he chastised his father for and now can relate to them yes and that's why you have that sort of a lot of people who don't like the prequels feel that there was that shift in again making vader space jesus in that lucas's perspective on life changed and that's why, in the process, Star Wars changed with the prequels. But again, that, that's a topic for a whole other day. But yeah. yes, the theme of Star Wars is very much how I feel is what Lucas was going through with his life at the time.
0: Interesting. Definitely something I've, I've never thought of too, too deeply, apparently, even with all these years.
2: And just um, one more thing. If you guys ever do a THX 1138 episode, I call dibs on being the guest that, that week. I call dibs. Not only right. that guy, but I call dibs. <laughs>
0: No problem. I don't know. I'm maybe... Hmm. Trying to figure out where we could put that in. Somewhere. At some point. It could
2: be a week, a month, a year, a decade from now. I call (laughs)
0: this. I'll keep that in mind. Um, So, I guess, uh, Ellie, you got anything? Because I I, I got something for for our light discussion before final thoughts.
1: Um, Well, just for themes, the... So, one theme that, that especially this movie, and I mean, obviously, kind of a running theme for all of them, but... um, It's just the fact that no matter your social background, I mean, your social status, your background, that, you know, you can all work together as a team and and get this done. And anybody can be a hero, Um, you know, like I've stated before, Hans isn't there yet, but he will be. Um, you know, you've got a princess working with a smuggler, you got a farm boy, so you, you have... Who
0: becomes a hero pilot yeah, and a uh, space wizard. I'm, I'm just gonna...
1: <laughs> you love space wizard.
0: I'm not saying Jack like, for this episode, I I'm like just gonna the, use space wizard.
1: I like the space Jesus too, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah,
0: <laughs> But no, Ellie, that's a great point. Yeah. And it's something, I mean, I feel like I've noticed it, but it's not something that, you know, I... I I kind of I don't know if I put it together, but it's just having it pointed out is very interesting. Yeah. I guess in the sense of our discussion. So yeah, that's that that is that is very cool that no matter where you come from, you can be you can be anything you want to be.
1: That's right. Dream and hope, guys.
0: That's right. That's
1: our message today. You can do anything.
0: And George Lucas really shouldn't (laughs) make movies after after what he's already made. After what he's already made. After what he's already made.
2: Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Talk about pitchforks. All right. <laughs> so, for the record, I love George Lucas. Like, I I I would sit there if I ever met him. I would not be able to stop shaking his hand. Oh no,
0: meet. I think everyone involved been, would still.
2: We were at Star Wars celebrations, so yes, we I mean,
1: saw we, the, we, the we, love yeah, and the hate.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we we do love him here. It's just he's, yes. we 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 also like to make fun of him. Um, I guess this is. I guess before we get into final thoughts and everything. I, I, I mean, every, everyone can, of course, put in something here, but I just kind of wanted to say the overall aesthetic of this movie is something that's very interesting. The way everything looks, the way, the everything, I don't know if it was intentional, everything's very iconic. X-Wings, TIE Fighters, Death Stars, um, Stormtroopers. Everything is very iconic and very instantly recognizable.
1: Even if you haven't seen the series.
0: Yes, and yeah. I know that there are, you know, that the Empire, The empires, the Nazis, Germany. I know there is that theme there. Right. Quote, unquote, per se. But it's just, I I just want to point out that this movie definitely had, you know, very iconic, you know, an X-wing, a Y-wing. It's, it's, I know it's cheesy, but it's like they look like the letters, and that's why they probably designated that name. Tie Fighters are very iconic. Like, everything's very iconic, and it's something that, I mean, maybe it's the year's worth of me watching it and being a fan of Star Wars it's like everything in this movie just jumps out to me as being something to where it's very easily recognizable, good, bad, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, there's no gray area of sorts here too.
1: Did you say gray? I
0: uh, <laughs> Jedi discussion another day.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Okay.
0: Uh, space wizard discussion another day.
1: <laughs> space so, Jesus.
0: Eh. But anyways, <laughs> does anyone got anything before we do our final thoughts? Anything else we want to mention about this movie that we haven't already discussed, or want to elaborate on? That's not discussing special edition stuff. We've
2: well, we have one thing you brought up though was the fact of how it just kind of caught on. This is more of an abstract thing. Is that, and we you really don't get this anymore with anything. This is more with movies than anything. Is that again when Star Wars came out, it wasn't just like oh, it came out opening weekend, and everybody everybody across the country and the globe loved it. It had moment. It had it had it had to get some traction. It's where it's like well, it opened up in forty theaters initially.
0: Yeah, it wasn't they, that many.
2: No, because that and that's how they did things back then. It, it was practically unheard of to release a film. Now where they release it like in four thousand theaters.
1: Well, and, and they I wanted think, to change it too because they didn't want it to come out the same time as Smokey and the Bandit the movie.
2: Oh, oh. man, <laughs>
0: <laughs> they were
2: afraid exactly. it was going to
1: crush it. <laughs> Next
0: time on Zingness, Smokey and the Bandit, year long celebration. <laughs>
2: Oh God! I'll take a pass on that episode.
0: <laughs> Hard pass. Hard <laughs> pass. But no,
2: I feel like that's one thing I think our culture really is missing because we live in such a hypersensitive where everything has to hit in one moment or else it, it, it doesn't get a chance to stick. And I think the only other time that's happened within recent memory, and this is talking exclusively movies, was probably something like Avatar where it actually kind of, and that's a conversation for another day, but, like, we're really, it sat there, it, it lingered, where now everything just kind of, it's flash in the pan. Like, think about, like, movies. We have, we go from having a movie like Logan, and then we have, I don't know, we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, and then we're talking about War of the Planet of the Apes, and then we're, next week we're going to be talking about Dunkirk, And I feel like it's like we don't get that moment to ever appreciate or savor it. We don't get to savor things in pop culture anymore because we're too busy. It's like we – it's kind of like you're inhaling your meal. This you can get the dessert. It's like, okay, let's get this. Let's get this. This is – oh, here comes the next thing I'm waiting for. And And I feel that's one thing that we don't get anymore that Star Wars is able to really benefit from back.
0: In the 70s. Yeah, and it had like I mean three years in between. It's it's three years in between each movie and everything. I mean now we're getting them what two years at least. I mean but also getting another movie in between too, as of right now with their scheduling. But yeah, I mean it's it's definitely it's definitely I think it changed the way movies are made. I mean we could go on about you know the impact it's it's had on culture and everything. But I guess uh, final thoughts on New Hope, Ellie. As an apology for for being mean to you and making you go last every time, even though you said something that you shouldn't have, (laughs) I'm going to let you go first on final thoughts.
1: Everything I say was supposed to be said. Oh, snap. Just think about that.
0: I was like, are you quoting something? No. No.
1: I'm quoting myself.
0: Okay. If I I'm say qu-
1: something, it's I'm meant... I'm quoting myself for <laughs> saying what I'm saying. <laughs> if I say something, it was meant to be said. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, no, I, I just um, like kind of like you said. I, I don't want to. Um, I don't want anybody to think we don't like this movie because it's fantastic. We were you I know. I guess we
0: kind of went into this kind of. We we kind of have to be hard on this movie because everyone loves it.
1: Well, I mean, it just—I guess that's that's your opinion. I I absolutely love the movie. I think it's great. It was my first introduction into, you know, the the culture and what it mm-hmm. is. Um, and I wanted to mention really quick because we didn't mention it, and it has to be mentioned. Oh. is the music?
0: Yes, is oh ridiculous. my gosh, how do we not? I yes, <laughs> okay, we messed this up before. I know, David. I'm, I'm We're sorry, I'm, David. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to you now. I was we did not of mess him. up. This time, That's we did right. not was, mess up. I was this time, of David. Him.
1: But everybody knows the theme. Yes. What, whether you've <laughs> when when you hear that that sound, dun, yes. Dun.
0: I'm, I'm dun, sorry. Dun, copyright. Dun, copyright.
1: Dun. Oh, sorry. Whoops. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's these huge productions that people go to where they do the, the orchestra productions mm-hmm. of just the music. I mean, it, they still do that to this day, and and people pay hundreds of dollars for these tickets just to hear this music. And it's such uh, to use your word that you uh, flew out there a million times. It's so iconic. I mean, you. <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, if I hear the music, I I get instant goosebumps. Like, I yeah. just like, oh, it's Star Wars. I love that. And it's it's kind of like when we've had discussions about comic books um, before. You don't have to hear the people speak. You don't have to hear any dialogue. All, you could watch this movie with nothing else than the music. And you have a sense of if, if it's a dramatic scene. And obviously mm-hmm. music is well done in a lot of movies. But it, the music in this movie and the series in general is just is so amazing. And it's, it's so impactful. So we, we have to mention the music. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Th-
0: thank you for catching that.
2: Of course, it's
0: something I feel that <laughs> that is in a lot of movies that we don't give credit to on here, and, oh, and yeah. I think a lot of other people kind of miss it. And without and thank music, you for calling us out previously. Yes, thank David, you, David. For um.
1: That. Yeah, and, and yes, we need to give some some Air Five hand claps or something to to all the people because without music, movies would not be near as yeah. exciting. Yeah, I, as I can, they can agree are. with that. So, I, I can yeah.
0: agree with the soundtrack and the score helps the movie tremendously. Oh yes, so. Um, I I guess I'll, I'll I'll go last on this one. If that's okay.
2: I I don't care. Sure. All right,
0: have at <laughs> it, Zach.
2: All right, uh, I think again, okay, We could talk about this movie forever. Yeah, like you were <laughs> saying, it's it's no fun to listen to three people say how great this is. Not to quote the Phantom Menace behind-the-scenes thing, where you have Spielberg and Lucas going, "It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great." It, it's, it's no fun listening <sighs> to people say this daunt over something. So you need you need that pushback. You need a devil's advocate. And I don't think anyone's I don't think anybody here was deliberately playing devil's advocate. But at the same time, though, it's you gotta give credit where credit is due. And I don't think you can overstate how impactful this film was. You, Never mind cinema; the culture wouldn't be where it is without Star Wars, because Star Wars gives us all these things that would never really be feasible. It, but at the same time, though, this is again not to go off on a slight tangent, though. But have you guys ever heard of um, Alejandro Jodorowsky's Dune? Because that was another oh, film that was the- supposed to be a the sci-fi. It was supposed to be a sci-fi film that was produced. It was in pre-production alongside Star Wars in the sense of it was back in that mid-70s era and I want to say it's because of Star Wars and because that did such a very uh, pulpy again going back Flash Gordon-esque Saturday matinee version of space fantasy that the very psychedelic and far out version of Jodorowsky kind of got sidelined and and it's things like that where it's like could have Jodorowsky's doom been in the Star Wars probably not but at the same time, though, is that who knows was the was what makes a movie great? Is it the movie itself, or is it that weird sort of it takes to the tango where it's the movie and it's where the culture is at that specific time?
0: Yeah, I kind I kind of like that breakdown of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, for my th- final thoughts, I mean, this is how I was introduced to Star Wars. Was this movie? Um, this is something that started off. I mean, to be honest, I mean. Just the culture, everything around it—a franchise, an entire—you know—I I can't even begin to describe what Star, how much Star Wars has impacted everything, um, and it all came from this one movie and branched out from there. And I mean, technically, I mean, yeah, me and Ellie would probably still be here discussing some other movie on a podcast. But Star Wars is something we wanted to do first. Like it is, it is just such an iconic thing. And we, I mean, I just, I just want to say that you know, this movie for me is just something to where is it my favorite Star Wars no movie, but it had to have ha- it had to have happened, and I love it for it. And it, like I said, it, it 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 I think stands the test of time with certain aspects of it, the story, the characters, everything like that. I just, it's just so iconic, and that's and that's just something for me that I just enjoy thoroughly about this movie, is that it, it was it was the start of something amazing, and looking back on it now, I, I think we can all say that it, it's just, you I, I don't think anyone, anyone could have imagined where the, like, if, if they watched this movie and walked out of the theater, or walked out of wherever they saw it from, I don't think a single person could have said, this is going to have X, Y, and Z happen to it. That, that, that had happened, the prequels, everything. So, I, I guess this is me saying thank you, George Lucas. <laughs> so,
2: what a fascinating man.
0: I know. Um, With that, we're going to um, wrap this up today. Um, Thank you once again for our guest, Zach. And I brought you on for a reason. A few reasons. I've mentioned it several times on this podcast. But why don't you tell our listeners why you were brought on, and what you are here for.
2: Oh, man, shameless plug time. Yeah, go for it. I'm rubbing my hands together, shameless plugs. I, along with Zenger, are the host of the Star Wars Junk podcast. It is Star Wars Junk. We kind of talk about a little bit of everything. Our description is it's a cross between NPR and Coast to Coast AM. If you're radio fans, you know that basically lets us talk about anything. And we can be as obnoxious and be as completely wrong as we want. And we have all of our bases covered. Mm -hmm. So we we range from any topic. Our ultimate goal is to not be pretentious. That's one thing I've realized with a lot of Star Wars podcasts is that there's a lot of condescension. And that's the one thing our ultimate goal is. We just pick a topic. We talk about it. Zenger can attest to this. Outside of just researching the topic in the sense of having an idea of it, it's just meant to be a couple guys sitting around talking. It's kind of like what you would imagine sitting at a bar with a bunch of people and you're just talking anything about Star Wars. So if you ever have a chance, please listen to the Star Wars Junk Podcast. It would be greatly, mucho appreciated.
0: Yes, and like I said, I just wanted to bring him on to um, be a part of our Star Wars discussion. And I know that there's a lot of fans that, that listen to this, of ours that listen to this. And definitely check that. I mean, I'm, I'm on there as often as I can be i really enjoy being a part of it i just joined them recently and i can say in the few records i've been a part of i've had a tremendous amount of fun discussing star wars every time so so i, I just wanted to you know let let our audience know why we brought you on so ellie you want to do our rundown now
1: well yeah so are we are we talking about the new are we, are we mentioning pod bean
0: Podbean bean uh, pod will be mentioned on uh, monday's episode okay remember these kind of d- detached from right, everything they else are.
1: well you have it up there so i I, I changed
0: stuff. it so i made sure that we mentioned so it do now I
1: say SoundCloud. <laughs> no you say
0: pod this is corrected oh, okay. we will tackle the fact of why we are on podbean okay. on monday's episode I gotcha. ready
1: uh-huh so um if you want to check us out um please go to podbean
0: you can also find us on Stitcher and iTunes as well. And don't forget, if you're on iTunes, leave us that.
1: Five-star review.
0: You can find us on Facebook.
1: Mm-hmm. Zing this.
0: Find us on Twitter.
1: At Zing This.
0: You can find tweet, us on tweet. Instagram as well. And that is at.
1: Zing this Podcast. We usually have pictures and images of what we're going to be talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, you can find us on Twitch if you want to see us playing some games. That is twitch.tv slash
1: zing this
0: if you want to help support the podcast you can go to patreon.com slash zing this if you want to find us on youtube of course it's
1: zing this and finally. we want to get 100. oh yeah yeah yes. we want to
0: get to 100 <laughs> followers or subscribers on youtube so it can be www youtube.com slash zingness it gives us the ability to have that if we have 100 so
1: instead of a bunch of random numbers Numbers and letters letters. (laughs) so
0: and if you want to email us directly you can go to
1: zingness at gmail.com
0: as always thank you to our sound guy aaron and i have been red eight standing by
2: greedo ellie Mm.
1: i shot first
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And this is Zach Starkiller. It's been an absolute pleasure for having me having me on, guys. Thank you so much. No, thank you.
0: DJ Golden Boy, play us out.
1: Eighty
0: nine. So I can shoot first.
1: Pew pew pew. pew, pew.
0: That's me shooting first.